Okay, so uh, we're going to do a review of yesterday's daf, daf Chof Aleph, and then we'll get to today's daf. We're starting at the um, top of the page on daf, uh, daf Chof Aleph. We're talking about um, these, uh, the list of uh, wicks as well as uh, fuel that uh, we're t- uh, that relate that cannot be used for Shabbos. And we mentioned that uh, in the top of the page that that's true only for Shabbos, but uh, for the candle lighting for a candle. But as far as a Madura, you could, you know, for one of those big bonfires or something like that, that would be perfectly fine, regardless of what the Madura is for. So even if the Madura is for the purpose of um, just uh, for warming, then obviously there's less of a concern. Um, but even if it's there for its light, since it's so many flames, that's less of an issue. And it doesn't matter whether it's on the ground or whether it's in an oven. All of those things um, is fine. And that's also true only... Um, uh, uh, so again, it's only the whole issue is only when it's for a, an actual candle, a wick for a specific candle, that's when it becomes problematic. And then we went into the next thing, which was talking about Shemin Kik, the definition of Shemin Kik. And we explained two ideas. First, we saw Ishmael's opinion. He got uh, from the seafarers. He says there's a specific bird that's out there in the oceans, far away in the islands, and it's called a kik, and it's the oil from that particular bird. And Reb Yitzchak, Braid Rav says that it's a uh, oil from um, um, what we call, it's called Mitzcha de, de, de Kaza, which was um, uh, the, which comes from cottonseed oil, basically. That's that's his shita, and Rish Lakish says it's no. It's actually the kikayon diona, this, that same uh, plant that uh, whatever was a tree that uh, would, that gave shade to Yona. The end of the story of Yona. That still can hear me, right? Okay, good. All right, very good. Okay, so let's uh, get get back. So we talked about the uh, shemen kik, and um, we mentioned the last opinion that it's the kikayon diona. So Rabbi Barchana says that I actually saw this this kikayon uh, that was from the store of Yona. It um, and uh, basically there's a description. He describes it that. Um, uh, basically, it, it hangs out. It, it grows near the water, and um, people, uh, storefronts, would take from its leaves to cover them. It provides a lot of shade, and uh, basically, uh, from its seeds, they were able to make oil. And from the branches, uh, that's where all the sick people would hang out because apparently, it had some medicinal properties to it. Um, next, we saw is. The psilos. Rabbah talked about the psilos that the Chacham talk about. Um, the reason. What's the reason why these wicks are not acceptable? So we said the reason is is because the light doesn't really grip the um, does it, the the candle. The light will flicker on it basically. Um, and the reason for the oils is also because they don't really they're not smoothly drawn up the wick. So it's a combination of the correct fuel and the correct wick that uh, works together to get a good clean light and that's what the that's what the reason why all the 
those fuels are problematic and the wicks are problematic. So Abaye is a question. Um, the oils that are not acceptable, what about putting in good oil and then maybe out of the blend we can use it together? Is that okay or not? So he said, no, you can't. And the reason is because you can't. Um, which basically means is that if we let you do that, then you'll come to do it with the wrong oil or wrong wicks by themselves. Problem with that is, is that uh, we saw a raya that says that if you take something that you light with on top of something that you don't light with, you can't light with that. But Rav Shimgumil says, but uh, my father's family would wrap the wick on walnut and, um, and would light that way. So it doesn't that indicate um, that you could, according to Rav Shimgumil. So he's like, well, why is that a question? You're asking from Shem Gamliel, maybe it's a proof from the Tanakhama. So Gemara says, no, because the Shem Gamliel was not just arguing, he was saying he brought a riot from what his position is. So the bottom line is, um, anyway, the bottom line is it's still a question from Rav Shem Gamliel. Isn't it indicating that you can light with a mixture of two, with a blend of the wick? So Gemara says, no, that's not the, what's going on over there. He's just using the um, the uh, walnut to actually float his wick, and he was basically making a floating wick. Okay, and um, so why would the tank have a problem with a floating wick? What's wrong with that? The answer is, is uh, you have to like get the full story. It's really Rav Shimgamil talking the whole time, and he's basically saying if you write, if you wrap something that's permissible to light with together with something that's not permissible to light with, that is not good for lighting. But that's only for lighting. But if you're just wrapping it in something for the, as a, as a, to help it float, like a floating wick, that would be fine. And Rav because that's what my father used to do. They used to use the um, walnuts as basically like a cork to float on the oil to stay, uh, that the wick should stay above the, the, the oil line. Okay, which brings us to the next thing, Rav... Um, um, Rav's halacha. Okay, so the problem is this, is that there's a kasha, Rav Bruna, said the name of Rav, that if you have melted chilev and kirbe dagim that was melted, so both oils that were basically rendered into uh, liquid form, so you can put a little bit of oil in and light it like that. So the question is, what's the deal? I thought we just said that you're not allowed to do that. So the more answers. Um, that uh, the difference is, is that he- melted chilev as well as kiri dagum that are melted, they're perfectly fine oils in, the, in and of themselves. They don't even need any help from the oil. The only reason why we don't, why the rabbis dis- disallowed that is because um, if we let you use the chilev that's melted, you may come to use chilev that's not melted, which is problematic. So, or, and uh, if you use the, the, the fish innards that's uh, fish oils that are liquid form, you may come to use them in solid form, which is problematic. So that's why we made it across the board, an, an across the board rule. Um, but since it's only xera, so therefore if you put a little oil in, so that would be what's called xera xera, since, and we don't make xera xera, and that's the bottom line. It brought us to the next thing, which is uh, the school of Rami Barchama. Where Rami Barchama learns that the, the wicks and the oils that the Chum said you can't use on Shabbos, you also cannot use in the Beis HaMikdash. So the Beis HaMikdash has the same limitations for their wicks as well as their oils. Now, 
Um, and the reason is because it says Lahalos near Tamid. Um, so the Gemara says um, that uh, that we need the that the candle the light should go up on its own, and not with the help of some other thing. So it can it cannot be with an assistant of some mixture of material. The problem with that is, is that uh, it seems that they they used to take the worn out pants and belts of the Kohanim and use it for the whip, for wicks. Now, how's that okay? Um, isn't that, I thought we said that you can't have, and we know the belts of the, of the Kohanim were made of wool and linen mixed together. That was actually shotness, but the problem is linen is a fine wick, but wool is not, as we saw earlier. So it's a contradiction. You're telling me that mixtures are not allowed. So the more explains that um, that was not for the for the for the menorah that was for the simchas beis which were the large torches that they lit, and that's what they used the the belts for. We brought another raya from Rabba Barmasna that the big dekuna that were worn out, they made wicks out of that for the mikdash. So aren't we talking about even the klayim garments? So the Gemara says no, not the klayim garments. It didn't say which ones. It's only when we mention the belt specifically that's when it comes problematic, which is in the first case. But that we could be talking about the Simchas Beis Over here, um, we're talking about the Migdash, and it didn't say which clothes, so it could be just the pure linen clothes, which are perfectly fine wicks, and that's the bottom line. Okay, brings us to the next thing. Rafuna uh, says that the the wicks and oils that the Chum talk about that you can't like with Shabbos, you can also ne- also cannot use them for Hanukkah whether it's Hanukkah during the week, the rest of the week, or whether it's Shabbos Hanukkah. Now, Rav, that's Shitas Rav Huna, and Rav, Rav says, what's the logic of Rav Huna? There's two halakhic issues that, that it relates to. Um, first of all, um, what he holds is, is that if the, if the candles go out from Hanukkah, it's your problem. You've got to make sure that it stays lit the full requisite time. And therefore, you want to have the best shot forward, that it should be the best oil, the best wicks, so that it's less likely to go out. Because if it goes out, since it's your problem to fix it, so then you're gonna, you may be negligent and not go around, get around to fixing it. That's reason number one. Reason number two is, as far as Shabbos goes, it's mutter l'shtamish lora. You're allowed to, you're, um, you're allowed to read by your Hanukkah candles, according to Rav and since that's the case, so therefore there's also a concern by Shabbos, because since you're reading by that light, if it's not a good light, you may come to adjust it. It's flickering on you, and therefore you know, there's a fear of transgression of Shabbos as well. So that's the bottom line. That's the story over there. Um, Rav Chizda says, uh, that's Shittas Rav Huna. Rav Chizda argues, he says that you can't light on the weekday, but you could on Shabbos. Sorry, you can light with them on weekday, but not on Shabbos. What's the difference? Because if it goes out, it's not your problem, so therefore there's no problem. If it goes out, once you lit it, it's good to go. And you never worry about it. If it happens to go out, it's no issue. And it's mutter l'shtamish l'ora. Um, and uh, therefore, Shabbos is really concerned. Because since you could meet by the candlelight of your Hanukkah candles, that's a big problem. So uh, Reb Zerah says in the name of Masna, or some say it's Reb Zerah in the name of Rav, that faker that the wicks and the oils that the chachamim don't allow on Shabbos, you, they're perfectly permissible for Hanukkah, whether weekday or Shabbos. And that's Rabbi Yirmi explains what's the logic of Rav, because of the, both of these two factors. Kavsa ein Number one, if it goes out, 
it's no issue. You don't have to relight it. And it also, it's also the Shtamish Lora, so not, you're not uh, capable of uh, using it for your uh, light. Um, and that's the, uh, uh, and therefore you won't be allowed to read by it anyway for a Shabbos, for a Shabbos reading. So therefore there's no concern that you're going to come to adjust it. So because of that, there's never a problem. That's the sheet of Rab. Now they said, the rabbi said this in front of Abaye in the name of Rabbi Yirmiya, And he's like, eh, who knows? Maybe Rabbi Yirmiya is not correct. Once the Ravin said it over in the name of Abaye, uh, before Abaye, in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, oh, then he was willing to accept it. And he said, you know what? I wish I would have accepted it even when I heard it from Rabbi Yirmiya. And then it would have stuck with me better because what you learn in your younger years sticks with you better. Okay. Problem. Okay. So that brings us to the next thing. The problem is, is that um, how can you possibly say Kavsa ain't Zakukla, which means that if it goes out, it's not your problem that you have to relight it. Problem is, is that we quoted that the mitzvah of Hanukkah candles is that once it goes, once the, once the sun sets, until people leave the marketplace. Now, what do you mean? When from, from now till then, does that mean that if it goes out, you're going to have to fix it and relight it? Slugmer says, no, that's not what it means. It means that it's your window for which you can actually light and still fulfill the mitzvah. So we're trying to catch it within that particular window. That's one explanation. Or it's telling you how long it needs to last. That you need to make sure, even though it does not actually have to, even if it goes out, it does bother me, but um, it's for the shiurim, that's the, the in other words, this, the, the measure of time, that's how much oil is required. And that's why it told you this time frame, because it does need to be capable of being lit for that time, not that it actually has to be lit for the full time. So that's the story. Brings us to the next thing. We said until it's tichle regal menashuk, until uh, basically uh, people stop or are, are no longer in the streets. What, how long is that? So Rabbi Baruch says the name of Rabbi Yochanan, that's when the Talmudai um, leave, the, leave the streets. And the Talmudai, Rashi says, was a specific Uma specific nation that they would sell basically uh, matches and like kindling wood. So people, after they come home, they were going to be running out back to the stores to, to, to the people who are in the market selling this type of thing. And uh, therefore, they stay open last. And uh, basically, they're the last people to go home. And that's still going to be a Persumi Nisa. So most people leave earlier. This is when they leave. It's like after everyone went home and realized that they're missing something, they'll run back out to get, to get the kindling lights. Brings us to the next thing. We talked about mitzvahs near Hanukkah. The mitzvah of Hanukkah is uh, three levels. So we first talked that there's near Yishuvay, so that's number one. That's the minimum level, which is one candle per, per family uh, per night. And then there's Mahadrin, who have near lekol echad ve'echad, that's Every person in the family has a candle corresponding to them. So if there's five people in the family, there's five candles, and that's the same for every night. And then there's Madrin Mina Madrin, which is Machlokas between Bisham and Bisil. According to Bishamai, you start with the eight lights, and then you work your way down till the for one light. For, uh, first night is eight, second night seven, and so on and so forth. And, um, and according to Reb Beis Hillel, it is, uh, first day is one light, and work your way up to eight. So that's the question, is it counting down or counting up? What exactly is the machlokas between Beis Hillel and Beis Hillel? Is the machlokas as to what they're arguing in? 
So uh, we have Rabbi Yossi Bar Avin and Rabbi Yossi Bar Zvida. One opinion is, is that the reason of Bishamay is that we're connecting to the incoming days. So on the first night, there's eight days ahead of us. That's why we lay eight. After that, there's only seven days ahead of us, so on and so forth, till the last day. Um, and um, and Beis Hillel is counting, day, this is day one. The next day is day two, that's why we like two, and so on and so forth, the days as they pass. So uh, that's one explanation. The other explanation is uh, that Beis Shita is that we follow the pattern of the Pare HaChag, just like the, the bulls that were brought on Sukkot, First day was 14, working its way down to 7. So 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, all the way down. Um, so that's the, that's the, that, so it counts down, so too we count down here. And Basil's reason is because my Lubekodesh, then you always want to go up in Kedusha and not go down in Kedusha. Okay. Rabba, what? Yes. Yeah, so I didn't want to get into that machlokis, but yes, it happens to be a very famous machlokis, the Rambam and Tosos. Um, the Rambam is of the opinion that it's that Mahadrin, Mina Mahadrin, goes on top of Mahadrin, which basically means that if there's five people in the family, then first day there's five, second day there's ten, next, and so on and so forth. And uh, according to uh, Tosos, that's not the case. It's Mahadra uh, Minamadrin is, 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 is to basically delineate how many days there are. So therefore, it's, it, it's only counting up and there would be a single light. Sakalochas, Machlokas, Svardim, and Ashkenazim, whatever it's, uh, yeah. Right, right. So the Aruch HaShulchan actually uh, says that it really depends where you're lighting. Because if you're lighting at your doorstep outside, so then there's a minimal amount of space that's acceptable, so therefore it, you won't be able to see what night it is. Uh, but if you have a window, so ostensibly you could find space for every menorah, so then it would be okay and appropriate to have one per person, uh, you know, and then everybody will be having a separate menorah, and therefore you would still be able to but again, everybody agrees that you still need to be somehow way, some way of telling us what day it is. But anyway, that's what seems to be the accepted. Uh, anyway, but I didn't want to get too into the, the machlokas. All right. Next, um, so uh, we saw as Rabbi Barbachana said in the name of Yochanan that there are two elders in Sidon. One did like Beishamai, one did like Beishelel. And Beishamai, the one who did like Beishamai said it's like Bariachad. No one did like Basilo said Mylam Bakodash Vemuridin. Now uh, we saw that the proper place for Nechanika is uh Pesach Basomibuchutz. If it's in a second story, then you do it in the window that's close to the Rushasarabim. When it's time of danger that you can't show that you're lighting Hanukkah candles, then you do it on your own table in your house, and that's good enough. Um, we saw also Rava says that you need a shamish basically, so that uh, you won't come to use the lights for seeing the fire because it's supposed to be specifically for the mitzvah. If there's a large fire, uh, you know, a lamp or whatever, a lantern in the house, then there's not a problem. Or you know, if there's like a bonfire in the house, but according to Adam Chashuv, 
who would not use that for reading, so then you still would need an Eracheres, and that's where the custom came for the Shamash. Okay, next we said, what is Hanukkah? So we said that uh, this is the event that happened on Chavei Kislev. It was the days of Hanukkah. There were eight days of Hanukkah. Um, and you're not allowed to give eulogies during that time. You're not allowed to fast during that time. And the story goes is that when the Greeks came into the Eichel, they, they made all the oils tame, impure. Uh, and uh, when the Hashmonim came to take over and they won, they could not find even one jug of oil till finally they miraculously, or whatever, they found the, uh, one with the seal of the Kohen Gadol still intact. And uh, there was only enough in the oil of that, of that that was still good, was enough for one day. But a miracle happened and it lit as long as it lit for eight days. So the following year, they established that there should be an eight-day holiday um, with, with Hallel and Hodah. Next, uh, we saw is uh, interesting halacha from Bavakama. And that is that there's a spark that comes out from the hammer. Um, and it causes harm, then you're chayiv for that. You made a fire, okay? It's your problem. Now, we did see that if a camel that's carrying flax passes through the Rosh Hashanah, but the flax is overladen, and therefore it entered into the store, and it caught on the lamp inside the store owner's house, the candle in in his store. So the owner of the camel is responsible because he was the one who did the wrong thing. If the store owner kept his candle outside, then he's the one responsible because he should have kept it inside. But Rav Yudha says, however, by Ner Hanukkah, since it's appropriate to light outside, so the store owner would be potter if that's, what the, if that's the candle that it got caught on. Avina says, this teaches us that Ner Hanukkah is the proper places to be specifically within 10 Tfachim from the ground, because otherwise, why couldn't he just light it higher to avoid the problem. And this Gemara says that's not a conclusive, it could be higher than the amount that the camel goes, and then it is his fault, because even though he has a Hanukkah candle needing to be lit, he didn't have to light it so low. So Gemara explains, not necessarily true, it could be that Chacham uh, never made it a too big of an onus to do it in an un- uncomfortable height, because then people won't do the mitzvah, and that's the story with that, and that is as far as we got to yesterday, and we'll take it from... I believe so. I don't think we did this next piece, so we'll stop over here and